0: Hello, I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Welcome to God Day. And may the Lord grant you a wonderful, uh, joyful day today with God's peace and blessing on your life. And we are going to talk about the most wonderful message, uh, actually the central message of the Bible. And hopefully it will be more real and more powerful to you uh, today as I share some, some truths about the Gospel. We're talking in particular about the origin of the Gospel in the New Old Testament, in the year of Jubilee. The, the, the Bible uh, has so many messages and so much truth in it, but it has this central message. To, if we're to enter into the truth of the Bible, we, we must know this central message, and it's called the Gospel. And uh, it's the power of God unto salvation. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, Jew or Gentile, whatever kind of person you are, uh, it's the power of God unto your salvation. So if there's anything we need to know, it's the gospel. Uh, it's called the gospel of Christ because it centers on the person of Christ, who is our Savior and Lord. Uh, it's also called the gospel of your salvation, because it's when you trust in Christ, praise God, it's Christ who saves us, uh, hallelujah. It's also called the word of faith because it imparts faith to the hearers and it also calls us to respond in faith by receiving Jesus Christ. It's called the gospel of the kingdom because it's the good news of how we can be changed from being under sin in the kingdom of darkness and being translated into the kingdom of God and become a citizen in God's kingdom under his rule. It's also called the gospel of God because our salvation is all from God's initiative who gave his only begotten son to come and become a man and to die for us on the cross uh, so that we might not perish but have everlasting life. And it's also called the gospel of grace because our salvation is all by God's free gift uh, paid for by the blood of Christ. It's also called the gospel of peace, because when we believe the gospel and receive Christ, we are made right with God, and so we have peace with God. And no wonder, therefore, as 1 Timothy 1.11 says, it is the glorious gospel of the blessed God. Hallelujah. And so it's imperative that we understand the gospel in its fullness, for it is the key for us to receive the fullness of God. Of his grace, of his blessing. So today, I want to share about the origins of the gospel in the year of jubilee, and this will bring many new truths about the gospel to 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 light. One thing I point out is in Revelation fourteen six, uh, an interesting verse which talks about the future tribulation and how the gospel will be preached at one point in the tribulation. It says. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. And so here the gospel is described as the everlasting gospel, which basically tells us there is only one gospel. Throughout all generations, there is essentially one gospel. Gospel of call means good news. It's the good news. of of God's free gift through Jesus. But there is only one gospel, and so the gospel that we preach should agree with the gospel that Jesus preached. Um, And indeed, in Mark 1.1, we're told, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so the gospel actually began with Jesus and his ministry. And so if we want to know what the gospel is, in its essence, We need to begin with jesus and what he preached matthew 4 23 says jesus went about all galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and so there is just the gospel of the kingdom and then in mark 1 it gives us a bit more detail. It says, after John was put in prison, verse 14, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. So there's some extra detail there. Repent and believe the gospel. So here we see two things. First of all, that the gospel of message is And now message. The time is fulfilled. It's right now. The kingdom of God is at hand. And remember what the kingdom of God is. It's as as Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying the kingdom of God is at hand. It's within reach for you to receive. There's forgiveness of sins is at hand. Believe the gospel and receive forgiveness, peace, joy, blessing. Everything, really, uh, of God's blessing is at hand. Healing is at hand. That's the good news, you see. It's free. It's a free gift, and it's given to you, and now it's at hand for you to receive. And then it calls for our response. It says, repent. Repent of your unbelief. Repent of your rebellion against God, going your own way. Turn to God, and receive, and believe the gospel, and receive. God's forgiveness and blessing. Well, the gospel is also mentioned in Matthew 26, where a woman, verse 7, comes in with an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. She pours it on Jesus, uh, and uh, he is uh, He actually receives that as a true act of worship. And then he says in verse 13, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever wherever this gospel is preached in all the world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Now notice, he says, this gospel, this gospel that Jesus preached, will be preached in the whole world. That's talking about the church age. It's the same gospel. But why did he want her um, act of worship to be connected to the gospel and there's only one possible reason really and that is that giving of the heart the giving of the worship that that woman did in response to jesus is the required and desired response to the gospel that's the response god wants the gospel to produce in your heart that you will respond by giving your heart to Jesus and you will worship Jesus as your God. Then the gospel has had its work in your heart. Then Mark 16, 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, not another gospel, the same gospel that Jesus and his disciples had been preaching for three years. So there's only one gospel. Mark, Matthew twenty four says, this gospel This same gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So all the the way until the second coming, this same gospel is going to be preached. Praise God. So to find out more about what was the gospel Jesus preached, we need to go to Luke chapter 4. Because that's the one place where we're told a lot more about what this gospel actually was. And this is uh, in Luke 4.16 when he went to his hometown of Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And it says, as his custom was, uh, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And it should be our custom to gather with the people of God in, in public worship. And then it says "He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written and then he started reading. Where he's reading from is what we would call Isaiah chapter 61 and it's a prophecy of the Messiah. And he read it and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, or good tidings to the poor, good news to the poor. Now, here, we know he's preaching the gospel because he's using this scripture that talks about the gospel, and later on he's going to say, today this is fulfilled in your ears. So he's talking about the gospel. But as soon as he says the gospel, or good news to the poor, they all knew what he was talking about. He was talking about the year of jubilee. That was the, the event encoded in the Old Testament which which, in, which carried this concept of good news to the poor. It was a proclamation to the poor that God's favor is upon you, and we'll see this. And then he describes different, there are different ways we can be poor. Financial poverty, emotional poverty, physical poverty in our bodies, you know, spiritual poverty in our relationship with God. There's so many areas of poverty because Ultimately, man has sinned, and he's opened the door to the curse. Um, and so, the, these, he's talking about different areas of poverty. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, emotional poverty. To proclaim liberty to the captives, especially captives of sin and bad habits. Recovering of sight to the blind, yes, spiritual blindness, spiritual darkness, as well as physical. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, that's oppression from the powers of darkness. See, it's describing all the areas of poverty, but now the Messiah is prophesied that he is coming and he is bringing the gospel, which is God's antidote to all these negative things. The good news of the gospel will be preached by the Messiah who has been sent by the Lord and anointed by him with the power of the Holy Spirit to set us free from from these things. And then he summarizes it in verse 19 by saying, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And there's the absolute confirmation that what he is talking about is the year of Jubilee. It's called the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor, the year of God's grace. And this is saying actually very plainly that the gospel, the good news to the poor, is the same thing as the acceptable year of the Lord. It's the fulfillment of the year of Jubilee. And it's good news to the poor. It's offering a new start. It's offering forgiveness from the past and freedom from captivity. All of these things was in Jubilee. And so, Isaiah 61 predicted that the Messiah would fulfill the the picture, the type, of the year of Jubilee and bring salvation And liberty, forgiveness to all mankind. That's what Isaiah was saying. And then it says in Luke 4 that Jesus closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, all the eyes were fixed on him, and he began to say to them, in other words, this is the summary of his message, today, this scripture, Isaiah 61, is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, this tells us that he was preaching the gospel, all right? Today. Right now, it's fulfilled. In other words, I'm the Messiah. The spirit of the Lord's upon me. The power of God's on me to set you free right now. You can be forgiven of your sins. You can have the blessing of God. You can have the peace of God. You can have the healing of God. That God sent me and his spirit is on me now to set you free. It, It is the year of Jubilee. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus was preaching the gospel, you see. So to understand this, Let's go back to Leviticus chapter 25, where we're told about the year of jubilee. And and this gives us the template, the blueprint for for the gospel. It says, you will count seven Sabbaths of years, verse 8, for yourselves. Seven times seven years, and this shall be, of course, 49 years. So this will happen in every person's lifetime, pretty much. Verse 9, then you will cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound. Now, jubilee means the blast of the ram's horn, the blast of the shofar. And so the meaning of jubilee is that it is a proclamation, a proclamation of good news. And it says it's to be sounded on the 10th day of the 7th month on the Day of Atonement. And you'll make the trumpet to sound throughout the land, and then you will consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants, it will be a jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his possession. Each of you will return to his family. In this year of jubilee, verse 13 says, you each of you. So it's a message is for everyone. And you can return to your lost possessions. In the year of jubilee, verse 28, it shall be released. Your, Your inheritance will be released to you and he shall return to his possession. And then it says that people, in verse 40, that people will will be hired servants uh, or slaves, uh, but he will only serve until the year of jubilee when he'll be released. And he will return to the possession of his fathers. Verse 54, he will be released in the year of jubilee. And so this is, uh, the picture here is good news to the poor. Um, and, And it's for everyone. The trumpet was to sound throughout the land. You See, every man was given a possession by God in the promised land. But if they fell into debt, they lost their possession. They couldn't enjoy it anymore. And sometimes they even had to sell themselves in slavery to someone else to pay off their debts. And so they were separated from their families. And this is a picture of fallen mankind. You see, we, we are in debt to God. It's called a sin debt. The debts are a picture of our sins that put us in debt, and we become slaves to sin, and in captivity to to Satan, and we're under a curse. And so sin caused us to lose our inheritance that God wants us to have, of righteousness, peace, joy, blessing of every sort. And so um, the year of Jubilee was something that these people couldn't set themselves free but in the year of Jubilee, there was a proclamation of liberty. And what that meant is when the Jubilee trumpet sound, they, it was an pr- announcement that your sins have been forgiven or the price has been paid for your sins to be forgiven. The price has been paid. God's grace is now here for you to be free from your slavery and captivity. You'll be released in the year of Jubilee. And so that's one thing, the negative is dealt with. Some a payment has been made to cancel the debt, to cancel the sins so that you can walk free. And secondly, it releases the positive to you, because it says, in the jubilee, your lost inheritance shall be released, and you will return to your possession. You are set free to reclaim your lost possession. See, everything, that we was lost in Adam, has been restored in Christ, righteousness, peace, joy, health, and so forth. And it's a free gift. They You don't have to earn it. They just had to believe the message. And if they believed it, they could walk free, accept their forgiveness, and walk back and rebuild their lives and be restored to their families. So it's a year of grace and divine favor for everybody. And the significance was that it was... The trumpets were blown on the day of atonement. That's very significant because what's the source of this grace? It was the great sacrifice on the day of atonement. Only on, the, only on that day, you see, was, was, this was the f- great sacrifice of the whole year. And this is a picture of Christ. On that day, the high priest would take the blood of the sin offering into the Holy of Holies. Only on that day. And everything depended on whether that sacrifice was accepted and so they tied a rope around the high priest and they had bells on on his on on him and so if he was gonna fall dead in the holy of holies if that sacrifice was not acceptable then they would have to pull him out the bells would stop ringing and they'd have to pull him out dead but when the high priest made the sacrifice and brought the blood before the Holy, Holy of Holies, then as he came out and he was still alive, that meant the sacrifice had been accepted. And that means the people of God were acceptable to God because of the blood of the sacrifice. And there was great rejoicing that would, would, would go forth. And then people would go throughout the land saying, the sacrifice has been accepted. We are under the forgiveness and the grace of God. And so this happened in full on the year of jubilee. The high priest would then command the jubilee trumpeters and the heralds to go to every village and blow the shofar and say, it's the year of jubilee. And uh, praise God. And then as soon as People heard the message, then they started blowing their own shofar, and before you know it, the shofar was sounding throughout the land. And everyone who accepted that message, believed it, they could immediately accept the cancellation of their debts, and they could go free and reclaim their lost piece of inheritance in the Promised Land and they could be reunited to their families and their broken hearts could be restored. And this is all a picture of what God would accomplish through the coming Messiah. You see, because man had lost his possessions in Adam, his righteousness and his blessing with God. And he came into captivity and spiritual blindness and uh, into the kingdom of darkness. He couldn't set himself free, but God promised. And this is the Isaiah 61 promise. He says, I am going to send the Messiah. That means the anointed one. He's anointed with the Holy Spirit and he will fulfill the day of atonement. He will make a sacrifice for sins and that's going to purchase man's salvation and his lost possessions and that, so that they can be released back to him. And that's was in Isaiah 53, was the great sacrifice. And then Isaiah 61 is the proclamation. And, and actually Isaiah 61 predicted that the Messiah himself would be the first one to initiate the proclamation in preaching the gospel, the good news. Hallelujah. And, and so Isaiah 61, again, he says, the spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Praise God. Liberty to the captives, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And it goes on about saying, uh, be- you know, how the Lord will give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That's talking about the new birth, that we, were, we are become like trees planted in the Lord, new creations, and uh, giving glory to God. And then it talks about them, they can rebuild the broken down ruin of their life. And the whole passage talks about great rejoicing because he has covered me, verse 10, with a robe of righteousness, hallelujah. And so this was fulfilled. When Jesus in Luke 4 said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he was saying, I am the Messiah. I have come to fulfill Jubilee. And I've begun to do that by preaching the Jubilee message that God's grace and favor is now being made freely available to mankind on the basis of the sacrifice. And of course, he, w- he hadn't made that sacrifice yet. And so the gospel only came into its fullness After Jesus died and rose again, but he he brought in the jubilee, through even in his ministry, and demonstrated the grace of God to forgive, and to heal and to deliver from demonic power. Praise God! And so the gospel is nothing more or less than the the fulfillment of jubilee. It's a now message. He's saying. Salvation is here for you now. If you believe the message and turn to God, you can receive your forgiveness and you can be restored in your life. It's a now message. As Jesus said, today it's fulfilled in your hearing. Well, how did Jesus bring the Jubilee to, to fulfillment? He was the great high priest. And he shed his blood as the great sin offering. And then he, in his resurrection and ascension, he ascended into the Holy of Holies with his own blood. And that's Hebrews 9, 12. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And Jesus did that on the morning of the resurrection. Remember he said to Mary Madeline in John twenty seventeen. he said, I am ascending to my father and your father. He was taking the blood into the heavenly Holy of Holies. And, and that's why he said, you, you can't, touch me Mary but later on he he let the disciples touch him and then it says he appeared alive again out from the Holy of Holies and what did he tell his disciples he told them go preach the gospel to every nation Mark 16 he says "I, I empower you by the Holy Spirit and you'll be my witnesses to the ends of the earth in other words this is the high priest alive out of the Holy of Holies and now sending forth the jubilee trumpeters to the ends of the earth. And we are his jubilee trumpeters. We're meant to blow the shofar of the gospel. Praise God. We're meant to declare good news to the poor. If you are poor before God, you're poor spiritually. You need the forgiveness of sins. You're in sin debt to God. Christ has provided the sacrifice for your sins. And now you can, if you believe the message, you can be forgiven of your sins and you can receive now the inheritance uh, of abundant life that God has for you. Praise God. And so this is when he released the, the gospel to be preached, not just in Israel, but to the whole world, throughout the whole earth. Praise God, the gospel is being preached, not just to the Jews but to the Gentiles. What was the Jubilee message? It basically was based on the atonement. What they would preach was the, the great atonement has been made. The sacrifice has been accepted. Your freedom has been purchased now. Your inheritance has been purchased. You are redeemed from your sin. God has done it all for you. And the high priest has risen again, as it were. He's appeared alive as it were, from the dead. And now he offers you forgiveness. He, um, God offers you eternal life. It's, It's the acceptable year of the Lord. If you will just accept what he's done, you will be accepted by God, hallelujah. And so the Jubilee starts in Leviticus 25. It gives the picture of salvation, but it's only a picture of the greater Jubilee that the Messiah would bring in That's Isaiah 61. And then Jesus came in Luke 4 and began to proclaim the year of Jubilee saying, I am the Messiah. I've come to bring the Jubilee to fulfillment. And then finally he fulfilled it by becoming the final sacrifice. And by as being the high priest, he showed himself alive from the dead. And now he released his Jubilee trumpeters. That's us to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And as we do so, the spirit of the Lord will be upon us and he will anoint us. And when people believe, they will receive the blessing of God. And so that's why he says uh, we preach the message. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. And, and, And it's a now message. So believe the gospel and walk free, amen.